At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to it, folks. Time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host, live on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And for the next hour, we will be covering plenty of different areas revolving around sports betting and hopefully make you a couple bucks tonight and beyond that. And to help us throughout all of it, 15 minutes from now, looking ahead, we will be joined by host of the Philadelphia City Cast, Ryan Rothstein. Him and I did a little crossover episode on our City Cast on Friday. Friday, we're going to revisit some of those topics in terms of what we're looking to bet for the Super Bowl props, overall game analysis, and then a big discussion surrounding the NBA futures. I know we came on a couple weeks ago and talked about his guy, Joel Embiid. We just saw him drop 40 yesterday at the UC. What does he think about his chances now for MVP? I believe he is a short shot at about 2-1, to one. and then really the rumors, speculations with James Harden and the Sixers. What does he like for betting the Sixers potentially? to win the Eastern Conference Finals and beyond that. So we'll touch on that and much more with Ryan in 15 minutes. Then a half hour from now, Adam Burke will have to get the Step Brothers graphic up there that uh, VEASAN's graphics department made so beautifully last time. And uh, we'll get the uh, Burke Brothers band back together, talk a little bit of college hoops, some more props into Super Bowl 56, and see if Adam's had any perspective altered from what he's looking to bet for the big game this upcoming weekend. It is finally the week, so we're getting deeper into the props at the end of the show. Another edition of Prop Shelf. This time it will be centered around the wide receivers. A bunch of big names to go through, and I'm pumped to talk about that. So that will be occurring at the end of the show. But let's begin. We'll talk about this Bulls game tonight and a little bit of hockey action. We got the NHL back in the mix. Only a couple of games, but still one that I think could be a viable betting option. So let's get into it with Danny's Dimes for this evening. Slash just an overall game preview of the game in our neck of the woods here in the Chicagoland area. Another game at United Center. The Bulls taking on the best team in the NBA currently, the Phoenix Suns. Spread at 8 in favor of Phoenix. Total at 227.5. So this thing opens 7 in the hook in favor of Phoenix naturally. Now this is up to 8. Some spots you've seen it touch 8.5, but for the most part, consensus has been 8 on the side of Devin Booker's squad. Total open 229. This has dropped to 227.5 actually, which is 
kind of odd considering most totals involving the Bulls as of late, you've only seen go up. And for the most part, for a majority, as JBT, VEASAN, senior betting analyst when it comes to the NBA, always alludes to that they've been on such this great overrun. I was actually at the game yesterday against the Sixers, and that's really the only bet that I made because they had no Zach Levine, and yeah, that was going to hurt offensively, but what it comes down to is the Bulls' lack of defense, and they really didn't have any once again yesterday against Joel Embiid and company. Embiid, like I said, dropped 40. The rest of the squad was able to knock down from beyond the arc, which Bulls ranked dead last in defending the three, and that could absolutely be another issue tonight against the Phoenix Suns. So we're still waiting the status to hear about Zach Levine and Kobe White. They've missed the last two games. Definitely could have used them against the Sixers yesterday. Tonight, they absolutely will need them, but even if they have them, it's still, again, the second leg of a back-to-back -back in a already depleted squad, even if Levine and Kobe White can't play, and that's a big if. If they are able to go, I still think Phoenix probably the right side. If they don't end up going, I would not be shocked to see the spread get up to 10. If they go, maybe it drops down to like 6.5 at the lowest. So whichever way you're kind of thinking it may go, I would have looked to attack that now. Or you could get a better number on the Bulls if you still believe in them, if it gets higher without Levine. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. I would go in personally, again, I don't have any inside info or any kind of speculation, but considering of what we've seen and getting close to the All-Star break, my thought would be if it's somewhat more serious for Levine and Kobe White, maybe they just played safe knowing that the chances they still could beat the Suns team overall are going to be slim, so let them rest up, try to get more healthy, and then bounce back later. So I would handicap it with the assumption that he is not going to be playing, but that's just me. The way I am looking to handicap it overall, though, is going to be in the first quarter. So, like I said, I mean, this Bulls defense has been a train wreck since they've been missing Patrick Williams from the beginning of the season. They've been able to get by without him. But then when you miss Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., then your defense really starts to have some issues, and that's been a consistent theme for this Bulls team. So I get why the total moved down from 229 now to 227 and a half. Again, maybe the thought process is if the Bulls don't have Levine, they don't have Kobe White, they're on the second leg of a back-to-back -back where DeRozan already dropped 45, this is going to be a weary team and a team that's going to need to search pretty much everywhere, high and low, to find offense. And if you don't have Levine and White, it's going to be hard to come by. So the Bulls may not put up enough themselves to get this total over. So then that would draw some interest, naturally, in the Suns' individual team total. And you could look at that number at about 117.5. However, the Suns have only gone over that in 14 out of 52 games, and the Bulls have allowed opponents over it themselves in just 14 games. So then I'm thinking, all right, well, what about the first half? And that number was at about 57 in the hook. And I went a step deeper. I'm like, all right, well, I, I kind of just want to see what the averages and trends are for the first quarter. And this is where I made my bet for this game. So I am betting the Suns' first quarter total points over 28 and a half. The over's about minus a buck 30 at Bet Rivers. I know it's kind of steep, but let me tell you why I'm looking to bet this number over. So this season, Phoenix is actually averaging 29 first quarter points per game, which is third best in the NBA. More recently, the last three outings, Phoenix is averaging 34 first half or first quarter, excuse me, points per game, which puts them numero uno in the association. On the road, 29 points per game in the in the first quarter. That's fourth best in the NBA. So the home and road splits not really too big and uh, too worrisome when it comes to the Suns. 
defensively for Chicago. Hey, maybe even though they're depleted, they get off the better starts because they're a little bit better rested. Well, remember, they just went toe-to-toe -to -toe for a decent amount of yesterday's game against one of the top teams in the league in the Philadelphia 76ers. So not only are they on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, but again, their defense is already bad, and they still may be missing Levine and Kobe White. And the Bulls this season are allowing opponents 27.7 first-quarter points per game that is poor enough to put them 22nd in the NBA. More recently, the last three games, opponents are scoring in the first quarter 31 points in that first quarter against Chicago in the last three games. That is 27th among those ranks. Then you could go, all right, well, maybe they play a little bit better defense at home, right? You know, they got the United Center behind them, a little bit more enthusiasm. No, no, no. At home, they're allowing opponents in the first quarter to average 28.4 first quarter points per game. On the road, they're actually better at 27. So the stats would indicate that this could be a good over spot for the Suns. Let's look at some of these trends, though. The last six games for each team. Here are the first quarter totals in the last six games for Phoenix. 39, 33, 30, 39 again, 23, and 40. In that six-game span, they're averaging 34 first quarter points per game. They've gone over it in the last five out of six games. Now let's look at the side of Chicago in those last six games. They have allowed opponents over 28 and a half first quarter points in five out of six games 34 points 33 26 33 35 and then 29 which comes out to an average of 31.7 points so i think this trend continues especially with the tough situational spot in this consistently depleted defensive side of things for the bulls and it's really not going to get better until after the all-star break and then even a little bit more so after that we'll see what they do at the deadline but as of now the defense is banged up and it's probably going to continue against one of the best teams in the league in phoenix so i'm betting the suns over 28 and a half first quarter total points minus a buck 30. that's what i got rolling on the hardwood tonight let me give you a pick really quick with hockey back in action let's head to the rink and talk devils and senators is it an attractive game absolutely not but could it be worth a bet i think so uh, ottawa actually opened up minus 110 in this game but you've seen it shift in their direction at bet rivers the line was moving their way pretty consistently up to about minus 134 now you actually see a little bit of buyback on the devils but ottawa's right now minus 124 i laid minus 125 look both of these teams are pretty weak and you can't trust them and i get it if it scares you trusting two bad teams i understand i've been vocal about that in the past but the senators are finally getting some reinforcements back is the thing looks like they'll get connor brown back who's returning after missing 10 games with a broken jaw uh, Zaitsev with his heel, Dylan Gambrell with upper body. He could return to the lineup too. And for the Devils, Jack Hughes will be unavailable for this game. He was placed on the COVID-19 protocol list. He's got 27 points, 12 goals, 15 assists in 28 games for the squad this year. And overall, New Jersey, like Ottawa, has struggled, but the Devils even more so. I mean, they're 1-9-0 their last 10 games, and they've been outscored 41-24 to over that span. And the goaltending has been a complete problem for them consistently. They have the second worst save percentage, 88 or 85% or 88.5%, excuse me. They've allowed the third most goals in the NHL, 163. So in the net for Ottawa tonight, looks like it's going to be Matt Murray. And Matt Murray, overall, his numbers, not that great, but more recently, he's been fairly solid. Uh, the last six games, he's 4-0-2 with a save percentage of 94%. And at home, not terrible, 2-2-1, two, two 1.83 goals against average in a save percentage of 94%, along with one shutout. 
Now, John Gillies looks like he may be tending the net for the Devils. Uh, if he is, look, he's 1-6-1 with a 3.42 goals against average and a save percentage sub-90%. On the road, 0-3-0 this season, 2.8 goals against average, save percentage at 90%. So I get it's ugly. I get it's not an attractive game. But even though it's that gross, I still think there's a slight advantage in a relatively appropriate price on this Ottawa Senators team. So I laid them minus 125 on the money line. If you're someone who really subscribes to all this line movement, again, originally went to Ottawa. Now it's a little bit of buyback on the Devils, but I still feel enough confidence to give the slight advantage to Ottawa at home. They're getting a lot of makeup games coming soon because they had so many canceled with COVID and postponed. So this is going to be the light part of their upcoming schedule. It's like one game, then they're going to go on a really tough pass. So they need to make the most of it while they can, especially since they're getting reinforcements back. Should be a good boost for this squad back at home. So playing Ottawa Senators on the money line. And along with that, in case you missed it or just forgot, in the NBA, we are playing that Bulls and Suns game, and we're taking Phoenix over 28 and a half first quarter total points. That's the luck, as always. If you tail with any of those, more action and plays coming your way. How about Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia CityCast, joining us next to talk all things Super Bowl 56 and some Eastern Conference futures. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 you can catch me on Twitter. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA. I know we started off the show with it, but I did want to bring up the discussion of some of these NBA futures. So uh, we talked about this on Friday briefly, and it was funny because the night prior, Will Hill, host of the New York City Cavs, came on the show and said, hey, guys, I think we should take a look at the Sixers 10-1 to 
to win the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's not that he's a diehard Sixers fan or necessarily even loves the team, but he was looking at it saying, let's be honest, this number is not going to be here by the time the season starts winding down. And at double-digit value, I did not disagree with him whatsoever. You know, went home, kind of got lost in doing other stuff, but I was coming to work the next day, then on Friday, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I probably should look to get this bet in. And then you heard the rumors of maybe James Harden could be acquired by Philadelphia before this trade deadline on Thursday night. Well, lo and behold, the odds already went down to plus 850, jumped on that as soon as possible, get in here to the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Then it was down to plus 750, and now at Bet Rivers, you see this number at plus 650. So the steam keeps coming in on the Philadelphia 76ers, so we have to address it, and no better person to talk to about it than one Mr. Ryan Rothstein at WiseRye on Twitter, and he is the host of the Philadelphia CityCast. Now, Ryan, you and I, it was hilarious how this came about. We were doing our crossover CityCast, and we were discussing which team we would rather have the value with and take. The Bulls were at 12-1, to your Sixers were at 10-1 at the time, and we both picked the opposing team, right? I picked the Sixers, you picked the Bulls, but we both agreed each team was like one piece away. And then we start hearing all of these rumors about James Harden, What's been your, you know, thought of it? Do you have your finger on the pulse of what could actually happen before the deadline with your Sixers? Uh, yeah, the pulse is shooting up and down. It's all over the place. The, the pulse needs to be hospitalized, Danny. That, that's what's going on here in Philadelphia. Um, I, I don't, I have been, I'm, I'm negative at times as you and I just sort of, you know, pick the opposites there when we did the crossover, but I don't view this as me being pessimistic or negative. I, I just, I don't see a deal getting done here in the next two or three days regarding Ben Simmons and the 76ers and especially James Harden. I mean, Steve Nash, and I don't know how credible he's become anymore as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, but he came out the other day and said, we're not trading James Harden before the deadline. And I don't think he's completely lying through his teeth there. And Daryl Morey has been consistent I mean, like, I, I don't know why people expect anything to, to occur here that's different from what Daryl Morey has been communicating, Danny. So I, I don't think a deal is going to get done, but I'm remaining hopeful. So if there's people out there, if there are people out there that haven't gotten really involved in these futures, particularly with the Eastern Conference, now that you've seen Philadelphia go from 10 to 1 to plus 650, and if your assumption is they're not going to make that big splash, would you just advise people to be a little bit more patient? Or do you think the number is going to stay right where it is, considering how great Joel Embiid and this team, you know, relatively well, have been playing as of late? I guess I'm, I'm you know, recency biased. I was at the game yesterday when your Sixers uh, did a good number on the Bulls, but realistically, I I think this team has what it makes if they can, again, get another piece. But if they don't get a guy like James Harden, what would you advise people to do in terms of betting their futures? Great question, because you look at the 76ers team and it's just it's the Philadelphia Joel Embiid's. And, you know, Tobias Harris has been playing better. Seth Curry has been in and out of the lineup a little bit. But when he's been in, he has been a great, uh, great secondary piece with Joel Embiid. So this team has shown flashes led by the MVP right now of the league. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, they've shown flashes where you say, you know what, maybe they can come out of the Eastern conference and, and see what happens in the NBA finals. So my best advice, I like this number more closer to 10 to one, like when you and I were talking about it and I like the bulls even more at 12 to one, but plus six fifty, I don't hate. I would probably, um, uh, try and be patient and wait for closer to double digits as far as the Eastern Conference, Danny. 
Now, you had a similar sentiment with this Joel Embiid MVP odds race here. And, you know, you were touting it maybe a month ago when it was upwards to 40 to 50 to 1, which was ludicrous. But again, I mean, Joel Embiid's been an absolute monster as of late. And now, lo and behold, he is a short shot at Bat Rivers, Ryan. You get him at 2 to 1 behind him, the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, at 3 to 1. Giannis plus 350, Steph Curry 4 to 1. Then it gets into double digits with John Moran at 14 to 1, and the list goes on and on and on. I know when we last talked, I think he was at like four to one. And even then you're like, well, you missed the ship on it, right? I mean, it sailed and you still have in the back of your mind the concerns about Joel Embiid getting injured. It's not just that we're touting it. It's been a trend and a track record with him his whole career. Do you still have those same thoughts now that you see him as a short shot at two to one? I do. Yeah, I, I do. I just don't see any value um, or just any real reason to, to, to place that bet at two to one. And, you know, once again, maybe I'm too close to the situation and maybe it's because I was touting it at 40 to one, 50 to one. And now I see it at two to one and I'm just like, there's just no way in, in heck <laughs> that I can, I can do this here. So, um, and given all the other reasons in all seriousness that um, his track record of injuries and missing time, and he's a big man and what can the Sixers really do down the stretch? Can they, get close to that first seed in the East. Those are all just too many questions to take it a two to one, Danny. All right, Ryan, transitioning into the big game this upcoming weekend, it's finally that time where we can, not that we haven't already been, but really go full depth into it from the betting uh, standpoint of things. When you and I were talking on Friday, I know you had your overall thoughts on this game with the spread, money line, and total, everything around there. And you were waiting a little bit for some of these props. I know a couple stood out to you. You had this weekend to process it a little bit more, so have you added any to your lineup? Are you still waiting to get a better number or a certain prop? Is there anything else that we didn't discuss that now you are curious about heading into this game this weekend? Sony Michelle to score a touchdown uh, is definitely an area that I'm, I'm keying in on uh, just for the cam, the cam acres inconsistency. Uh, I, last time I saw it, it was right around plus two fifty three to one. If you can get it closer to three to one, that has uh, certainly been an area that um, I'm keying in on. And then for MVP, I mean, this isn't anything where, man, this dude has done his research here for game MVP. But I, I still like Joe Burrow at plus 225 at Bet Rivers. Uh, if you feel like the Bengals are going to win the game, then you have to feel like Joe Burrow is going to take home the MVP. I know that's sort of an obvious statement, but uh, I still like it. And I still may sprinkle a little bit on Cooper Cup if the Rams figure out a way to pull it out. Uh, I don't hate that that value of that cups getting at at over five to one at six to one odds. Uh, so those are the two the two big ones. You're hearing a lot of Joe Mixon uh, props uh, suggestions. I agree with a, a good amount of those. I know you were on a few of them as well as the punting ones, Danny. But uh, those are the few that stick out to me. <laughs> oh yeah, we love those kicking props, baby. And yeah, you mentioned Sony Michelle. He's about plus two eighty anytime touchdown score. So kind of right in that region that you were alluding to. You're right. I mean, there is some instability potentially with Cam Akers, although he's plus 118 to get a touchdown, but we have seen him turn the ball over and really hasn't had that big of a sample size considering he was injured for a majority of the season. And to be quite frank, no one really expected him to be back this year, but he has been playing and there could be value with his teammate Sony Michelle at about plus 280. So should be a blast. Ryan, we will keep looking out for some of your plays on the Philly City cast. I'm sure you'll tweet them out. But uh, what can the people look forward to for the remainder of this week from the Philadelphia City cast? We're going we're gonna to be dissecting different areas of 
the uh, the wagering menu at Bet Rivers because there's just so much that that the wagering menu uh, has to offer. So we're going to be breaking it down, uh, sort of tab by tab, each and every day leading up to the big game this week. Uh, we're going to have some some City Cast members joining me. We had you last week, which was a ton of fun. We'll have Danielle Alvari. We'll have Will Hill, uh, both the host of the LA City Cast and the New York City Cast. So. Busy week ahead leading up to the Super Bowl. Would love for uh, everyone to take a listen. Awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. And again, follow Ryan on Twitter at WiseRye and search Philadelphia CityCast wherever you get them available. But Ryan, thank you as always for making some time. Best of luck with all those plays and enjoy that game this weekend, my friend. Thank you so much, Danny. You as well. You got it. There he is, Ryan Rothstein, talking a little bit about SB56. The line currently, we didn't update it yet for the beginning of this week. We know that for a majority of last week, it was that four in the hook in favor of the Rams. Now at Bet Rivers, it's at four, minus 110 each way. Of course, still in favor of the Rams. Money line minus a buck 90 for Los Angeles, plus 165 on the buyback for Cincinnati, and that total still has not wavered. 48 and a half over. A little bit of juice, minus 112, under minus 109. But getting close to this weekend, that's where we will see these alterations. And I'm sure as many guests on the program have talked about, the total will bump up a little bit. We'll see where the spread goes, but we'll have you covered and updated here on VCD Sports Betting Network. One of those people doing a great job of just that, Adam Burke. He's joining us next. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. And guess what? Right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our betting experts. Visit vcin.com slash Bowl to get your free guide and to get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. So once again, check it out, vsin.com slash Bowl. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are broadcasting live here in the Bet River Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois. And since we began the show with this really quick, I did want to update for that Bulls game here in the Chicagoland area. Zach Levine is playing. So like we said, if we were speculating that he was going to play, number would get to maybe six and a half. That's where it's at right now. Total went up to 229. I thought he maybe wasn't going to play, but now that he is in, the line has altered. Now down to 6.5, total up to 229. So just wanted to throw that in there really quick. Anybody who has yet or did get involved in that Suns and Bulls game. But let's get back to the topic of Super Bowl 56. It is time to bring on VEASAN's betting analyst, Mr. Adam Burke, a.k.a. my long-lost brother, or the VEASAN graphics department likes to claim us stepbrothers. That beautiful graphic right there. We we forgot the sweater vest. We'll have to see how our bets do for the big game, Adam. And then we could look to purchase some custom VEASAN or Rush Hour sweater vests so we could be matching. But thanks, as always, my man, for making some time. Um, I know we talked last week about this game. You had early thoughts on it, of course. You've had about a week to digest. And we'll get into some of these props and other things. But for your overall game assessment, has anything changed from last Monday to this Monday? No, to this point, nothing's really changed for me. I'm, I'm still leaning towards the Bengals plus the four and a half total on this game, 48 and a half. And I still lean over a little bit with that. 
Uh, that could change as we go throughout the week. You know, if I find something that somebody I respect talks about, you know, maybe that's something where I wind up staying off of the side in total for this game. Because the reality is that, I mean, this is a very sharp number both ways here. You've got sharp money on both sides. You've got the most scrutinized game of the year. There's not really a ton of line equity in either the four and a half or the 48 and a half here at this point in time. Maybe there's a little bit more from a derivative standpoint, especially when you consider the fact that the Bengals have been much better defensively in the second half than they have been in the first half. So maybe that's something you kind of want to look at. But even to that point, you know, the, the first half number is basically Rams minus three across the board. So it feels like that's already been accounted for in this uh, in this first half line. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting angle, too. And we'll talk about that a little bit later this week with my better half. But that first half angle definitely going to be one to scout out and see how those numbers get altered the closer we get to game time. And then, Adam, speaking of some of those props, so next segment we're going to do Prop Shelf, and I've been kind of looking at specific groups and focusing in on it because there's so much to cover. And coincidentally enough, we're going to be talking about receivers, and I know you have some interest with the receiver for this game, and that's going to be T. Higgins and his receptions number at Bet Rivers. Five and a half is the number. The juice is on the under minus 136. Over, getting a little bit of plus value, plus 104. What do you expect to see out of T. Higgins on Sunday? Yeah, you know, even if this one doesn't win, I think over five and a half at plus money is is pretty much an automatic wager for me here in this one. Jeff Parles and I talked about this on Bet Center on Saturday night, where a lot of attention will be paid to Jamar Chase. Whether it's just Jalen Ramsey on him or whether it's some kind of bracket coverage, Jamar Chase will get a ton of attention because realistically, when you think about the Super Bowl, it's just not about giving up big plays. You know, do anything you can to limit the opposition's explosive plays, and you will give yourself a chance. In this game, T. Higgins will be the possession receiver for the Bengals. And if you look at his overall numbers this year, he played about 2.75 fewer games than Chase. Chase played a couple of series in that Week 18 game. But Higgins only had 18 fewer targets and only seven fewer receptions than Jamar Chase. So I think that that's the guy that Joe Burrow will be looking for. He can get the ball out quick to him, much like he can get it out quick to Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon or any of these guys that they have. Also, with C.J. Uzama banged up a little bit, Higgins is a guy you can use over the middle of the field as well. So I think Higgins over five and a half receptions is a very, very good look here. I have seen, uh, I think Adam Chernoff on, on Follow the Money mentioned that he liked T. Higgins under longest reception. I think that makes sense. I think Higgins is just kind of a volume guy here, the possession guy in this game for the Bengals. So I don't see a lot of big plays necessarily, but I see a lot of targets in his future. And again, getting that over five and a half at plus money I think is a really, really good grab. Yeah, that seems like sound logic to me. Uh, Adam, I know you and I have talked about in the past, we were kind of just joshing around about it uh, off air here about some of these kicking props. And that's an area that I introduced myself into that I was novice and wanted to do that was unique to these other props. And I think an area that I want to do more so is this next one, which is defense being tackling. And you get the tackles with the assists. And these are a props. This is a prop section that I think, I mean, props overall are kind of untapped. But specifically when it gets to these areas that people just don't know these players as well, right? I mean, everybody's going to want to bet Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase or the quarterbacks. But no one really has that much interest with these tackling props. But you have an angle that you like involving Von Bell. And I'm looking at Bet Rivers. His tackling prop is at 5.5 over is minus 150. Do you think he gets over that mark and it's worth laying that juice? Yeah, just as an overall point with defensive and special teams props, I'm writing a first draft of an article for Point Spread Weekly this week talking about defensive and special teams props. And look, what we try to find with so many options here for the Super Bowl, 
we try to find high variance areas or lines that appear to be inefficient. When you talk about the offensive prop market, first of all, these guys are lined every single week with their offensive props now. And also with fantasy football, everybody pays attention to what the skill position guys and the quarterbacks are doing. There's not as much attention paid to the kicking game, the punting game, or the defensive side of the football. So I think that just inherently, there's a little bit more value there because the sportsbooks won't be as worried about setting a really accurate number for those. They'll just kind of read and react to the juice and the action that comes out there. So in the case of Von Bell here, yes, his over five and a half is juiced. I've seen it in the minus 140 range. Shop around for the best price as always. But the Bengals dropped eight against the Chiefs in both of those games in the second half. Had a lot of success with that. If that's what they do in this game, I presume Von Bell will be the guy who's shadowing Cooper Cup in that sort of dropping eight format for them. And even if not, if they run the ball with Cam Akers, Von Bell is very good against the run too. Averaged over six tackles plus assists per game in the regular season. He's had six in each of the last two playoff games. I just feel like he's a guy that, you know, the, the Rams will try to use the middle of the field with Cup and with the run. And I think that gives Von Bell a lot of opportunities to rack up tackles. And of course, too, in the Super Bowl, the official scorers may be a little bit more generous. If a guy's around the play, they'll kind of give him an assist, something like that. Give him a half sack, you know, those different types of things. So I think that's also a possibility for Von Bell where his number will be around the play a lot. And I think he'll get over this five and a half pretty comfortably. All right. So in summation, a couple of props Adam likes from tonight. T. Higgins over five and a half receptions for a little bit of plus money. And then Von Bell over five and a half tackles and assists. And again, if you want more action from Adam, we'll have plenty of write-ups at BSIN.com and will appear on plenty more shows throughout the week. But Adam, I still want to keep the focus on tonight. We always love to throw some college hoops at you aside from football. Tell us about this Pac-12 game tonight, 8 p.m. Central time, Arizona laying 12 on the road against ASU, total at about 142 and a half. What stood out to you that you liked for this game? Yeah, last week's college picks on the segment here didn't do that well, so hopefully I can redeem myself here with this one. Arizona minus 12. I, you know, I was watching that game with Jeff Parles when we were doing Bet Center with Arizona State and UCLA. A lot of bad execution from both teams in that game, especially the Sun Devils with a couple of chances to win in regulation and then in the first overtime period. It's a tough spot for them. I know they're playing an in-state rival, but coming off the three-overtime game, big win, storm the court, all that excitement beating a top-three team. In the first meeting between these two teams, Arizona won the game by 11. Now, they didn't cover at home, but they were three for 23 from three in that game, still won by double digits. So I expect them tonight to go ahead and do whatever they want offensively in this game against Arizona State. And the Sun Devils are pathetic offensively. They are 344th in the nation in effective field goal percentage offense. Arizona is number one in the country in two-point percentage defense. And also in the first game, Arizona State sped up Arizona or Arizona sped up Arizona State, excuse me. That was the second highest possessions of a Pac-12 game that ended in regulation for the Sun Devils. So I think Arizona can speed them up a little bit. Arizona has more success at both ends of the floor. I think they can cover the 12 here tonight. All right, Adam, really quick, got to throw in a smaller market game before we let you go. Montana, Southern Utah, line two and a half in favor of Montana. What did you see here? Yeah, there are some very substantial home road splits for the Grizzlies here so far this season of Montana. They're only laying two and a half tonight against Southern Utah, coming off of arguably their worst performance of the year against Idaho State. Played really, really bad. Montana is a very good free throw shooting team, and that's an important thing to look at with these short favorites that are expected to be ahead late in the game. They're an 81% free throw shooting team at home. 
So if they need to put this game away at the line, I think they can do it. I think Montana bounces back tonight and takes care of Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Awesome. Adam, hey, we always appreciate it. I know you're very busy, especially this week. So, again, we'll be looking out for all that content this week. Keep it up, and best of luck with all those plays. All right, thanks, Danny. Have a good one. You got it. You can follow Adam for all of that content at Skating Tripods on the tweets. And again, BSIN.com. Not only Adam's covered throughout the week, but all things around VEASAN leading you up to the big game between the Rams and the Bengals this Sunday, which we will expound on further with our next segment, Prop Shelf Wide Receiver Edition. That'll be coming up next, and then we'll recap our top plays here on Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. River Sportsbook betters sure hit a jackpot. Their odds boost house specials gave away over $3 million in cash. The biggest hit was betters who bet on the four-player parlay to score a touchdown. Those lucky players turned $50 into over $1,000 that easy when Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel all reached the end zone on Championship Sunday. That's right, over $3 million in payouts in just one single day. Bet Rivers loves winning, and the amazing odds boosts keep going on the drive to the big game. So visit Bet Rivers Sportsbook today and check out all the options along with exclusive new promotions for all sports bettors. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only, void where prohibited, gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Okay, we are wrapping up a Monday edition of Rush Hour, all here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. On Twitter, you can follow me at DannyBurke5, and for VEASAN, at VEASAN Live. And it's time to keep up our tradition from this past week leading into this week and then eventually into the big game with Prop Shelf, where we go over the certain areas worth betting these unique propositions. And tonight takes us to the wide receiver group. Not all of them, but some of them that stood out to me that maybe I don't necessarily love but think there could be a betting angle. I mean, at, at this point, a lot of these prop bets, especially in a popular region like this, are 
priced pretty evenly to the point where it's like, yeah, I could see it going either way. But the ones that I'm listing out, I think there still could be a slight advantage and some we just got to talk about because they're the top receivers. And that leads us to beginning with Jamar Chase, who has certainly made a name for himself in his rookie season. And he's got a receiving yards prop of 79 and a half at Bat Rivers, over under minus 112 each way. So looking at his receiving yards, this season Chase is averaging 87 receiving yards per contest. However, he's only gone over 79 and a half receiving yards in eight out of 20 games. But during the postseason, he has eclipsed this in two out of the three postseason games. Caught nine passes on 12 targets for 116 yards versus the Raiders. Then at Tennessee, racked up 109 receiving yards. And then at Kansas City, relatively shorter day, six catches for 54 receiving yards. Well, the Rams, we know and always envision them having a top defense, and, that, and that's absolutely the case. But what's the matchup going to be like for Jamar Chase against this Rams defense? Well, you're assuming uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to be matched up on him for a majority of this game. And... Just to throw this out there again, it's got to be taken into context, but 15 different receivers have got more than 79 and a half receiving yards against the Rams this season. Only one this postseason, though. That was Mike Evans, who got 119. But do you think Jamar Chase is going to be the focal point for this Bengals offense? Do you think he can contribute as much as he typically does, or do you think that the Rams have an answer for him? I really wouldn't be opposed to either argument if you told me he's going to go over I'd be like you know what you're probably right at some point he's going to break free especially if they're trailing in this game which I think they will and that will pad his stats okay I get that reasoning or you could look at it from the other side hey Danny you know what it's a little bit inflated Rams defense will step up Ramsey will shut him down under the spotlight he's a rookie big stage he's probably going to falter a little bit okay I understand that reasoning as well what about his receptions prop, Mark, though? Could this be worth a little bit more of a bet? Five and a half is the number for this area. Over your lane, minus 134. Under is plus 108. Now, as at this point, Jamar Chase is getting about 5.1 receptions per game. Again, he's only gone over this mark in eight out of 20 games, but he has gone over it in two out of three postseason games. And 16 opposing receivers have gone over this mark versus the Rams this year. Two in this postseason, Christian Kirk got six, and Mike Evans, I think, had about eight or nine. So take that into account as you will. But again, I, I just, we had to go over the Jamar Chase ones because you can't not talk about Jamar Chase, but I'm not going to you know, sit here right now and tell you I have conviction one way or the other because truthfully I don't, and I think that's okay for a lot of these bets. You don't have to bet everything. It's quality over quantity, and a bet that's involving Jamar Chase that is certainly going to see a lot of volume, it's kind of gotten to the point where it's at the appropriate spot. So for me personally, I don't think it's worth a wager, but if you have any different thoughts, let me know at DannyBerg5. I'm very curious to see what people think. Same kind of deal here with Cooper Cup. Now, Cooper Cup's a little bit different in the sense that, and I, I forget who I was talking about this with last week, but we were saying, well, you know, I'm not going to bet over because it's kind of inflated, but at the same time, I'm definitely not going to bet under. Like, it would be an over or stay away for Cooper Cup. His receiving yards prop is up to 106.5, minus 112 each way, and I'm kind of chuckling because despite that number being so high, he has still gone over that mark in 13 out of 20 games. He's averaging about 117 receiving yards per game, and he's also gone over 106.5 in two out of the three postseason games thus far. Got 61 versus Arizona. Remember, they didn't really need to utilize him that much. But in the games where he was a force and they needed him, Tampa Bay, 9 catches, 183 receiving yards. San Francisco, 11 catches, 142 receiving yards. 
Do you think that the Bengals can limit him? Remember, Cincinnati, not the best secondary. I think they rank about 24th in DVOA pass defense. You can only hope to contain Cooper Cup, honestly. And, and if you stop him at first, it's only a matter of time before he breaks out. But does that mean he can break out enough to get over 106 and a half? I don't know. I mean, the Bengals have only allowed three receivers to get over this mark this year. Devontae Adams put up 206. Mike Williams, 110. And then in the postseason, A.J. Brown got 142. So again, look, if Cooper Cup gets over it, he can't be shocked because he's done it 13 freaking times thus far. But it is inflated and things get played out differently in this big stage of a game that it's probably going to be a stay away. But again, would bet the over, if anything, no under for Cooper Cup. And same thing goes here for his receptions. Eight and a half with the over even money would be over or stay away from me. He's averaging eight and a half receptions on 11 targets per game. He's gone over this mark at 11 out of 20 games. So not as much as his receiving yards prop, but he also has gone over eight and a half catches in two out of three postseason games being the last two games. However, only four receivers have gone over this mark this year versus the Bengals. So again, not in love with it, but it would be over or nothing for me at least with Cooper Cup. You can make an argument one way or the other, and I wouldn't disagree with you when it involves Jamar Chase. But let me talk about a couple of guys that I do have a little bit more faith or confidence in betting one side versus the other. And I think we should talk about Van Jefferson here. Now, he's probably not making the top of your list to tout for playing a receiving prop, but I think there could be some interest here in his receiving yards. 31 and a half was the shortest number I saw, minus 115 each way. Now, Jefferson's actually averaging 44 receiving yards per contest this year. He's gone over 31 and a half receiving yards in 12 out of 20 games. He has only gone over it once this postseason. He got 41 receiving yards versus Arizona, and honestly, it was only on one catch, so it was a big explosive play. But that's what Jefferson can bring to the table. And if Cincinnati's defensive game plan is just trying to limit Cooper Cup as much as possible and then of course coming up next would be OBJ well maybe that creates separation and open space for Van Jefferson to maybe not get a lot of catches but enough to get over this shorter receiving yards mark of 31 and a half so maybe it's quality over quantity for Jefferson and he can get a couple of big explosive plays and get you over this mark so I would definitely entertain Jefferson over 31 and a half receiving yards and I think you could absolutely make the argument that the plus money to his over two and a half receptions would also be worth a look. Over two and a half is plus 120. So look, I mean, he's getting about 11 targets per game or so, and he's gone over this mark in 10 out of 20 games this post or the season, uh, excuse me, but not this postseason. So look, he's gotten two catches the last two games, two at Tampa Bay, two versus San Francisco, and again, the one versus Arizona, but his target share has increased. This postseason, he got one target versus Arizona, three at Tampa Bay, five versus San Francisco. Doesn't mean he's going to go, you know, six, seven, but he has been getting more looks probably because the defense is really trying to hone in and lock down Cooper Cup and OBJ. So if you think that it kind of continues, that trend and that trajectory is going up, you would think the chances of him getting over two and a half receptions would be exponentially higher. So the fact that they're giving you plus money, I think could be worth a look. So receptions over 2.5 plus 120, don't hate that, and certainly don't hate Jefferson over 31.5 receiving yards. I haven't played it officially, but something I'll keep on my radar. Finally, Joe Mixon, 26.5 receiving yards. I get he's a tailback, but still in the receiving game, he can have an impact. He's averaging 22 per game this year. He's gone over it in 8 out of 19 games, but he has gone over it in all three postseason games. 27 in the air at Kansas City, 51 at Tennessee, and 28 versus Las Vegas. Now, during this season, the Rams allowed running backs on average 37 receiving yards per game. 
10 opposing tailbacks have eclipsed this mark versus Los Angeles. And during this postseason, running backs are averaging 44 receiving yards per game against the Rams, and two out of three have gone over. Elijah Mitchell got 50, Leonard Fournette got 56, Eno Benjamin for the Cardinals. Who? Exactly. Well, he still managed to get 26. Joe Mixon, probably a decent look to go him over 26.5 receiving yards at minus 110. Again, I like those last two, but don't love them, or at least not yet. But something to keep on our radar with Jefferson and Mixon in terms of the receiving game. But if you did want me to dish out those best bets once again that we talked about earlier in the show for tonight in terms of the NBA, I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. First quarter total over 28 and a half against the Bulls, minus a buck 30. And then in the rink with some puck, we are taking the Senators on the money line, minus 125 versus the New Jersey Devils. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. Best of luck with all your plays. Until tomorrow, take care, folks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 